Welcome to the One Player Podcast, the show on solitaire board gaming. I'm your host, Albert, and this is episode 65. It's not just a podcast, it's an adventure. Hey everybody, welcome back to yet another show of the One Player Podcast. In this episode, I don't have a lot of news. I'm going to talk a little bit about Essen, about some games I played, and about Hooya, the Navy SEALs game published by U.S. Game Systems. So first is the news. Let me get that out of the way really fast. The only item I actually f- came across is um, that the game Onirum is f- the second edition will finally be available. The game's been out of print for a little while and hard to get. It should be available by Essen. I was very fortunate I received a review copy from uh, Z-Man Games. Uh, I got it in the mail about three or four days ago. It, it's a really nice edition. It's everything that the original game brought, plus another four expansions, bringing the total up to seven, then a mini-expansion. I believe they called it an appendix, um, which which uses a wooden uh, Oni Meepo, I guess, for lack of a better term. You know that guy from the front of the box? It's basically him as a big, chunky wooden meeple. So I expect that should be available in the stores pretty soon, though I don't know what date. So recently, I think um, last weekend, I went to the local game store's quarterly game con that they do at a, at a hotel nearby. And I played three games. I didn't play solo. Actually, I saw two games and I heard about another one. I didn't play them solo, but they sure seemed like they'd work fine solo. Um, I know one of them does. The first one was Forbidden Desert. I've played Forbidden Island and I've played Pandemic, and I talked about Pandemic here. Forbidden Island is a much simpler version of Pandemic. That's a, a fair way to look at it. It's a different theme, but mechanically it's very similar. Forbidden Desert is sort of the big brother of Forbidden Island, but not as closely related to Pandemic in the way that it, uh, the game evolves and the way the game works out. It was a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun playing that game. And, you know, obviously it would work really well from Solitaire just for, from that experience. <clears throat> it's different that instead of having a hand of cards that you're managing, and that's always a little frustrating because once you get past, uh, I think, five cards, you have to start discarding. And it's always tough trying to decide which card to discard, knowing you need them all. This one gets away from that by giving you, instead of uh, sand counters, there's a storm going on in the part of the desert you're in. As it moves around, it piles up sand on the spaces it's been through. To to be able to search for the things you need, which is a parts of the ship to escape the, the storm in the desert, you have to dig out all those sand markers to get to the tile and then flip it over. So, so it's pretty neat. It's a, there's more to it. Um, maybe I'll get the game at some point and talk about it in the show because I thought it was really cool. The second game that I played was Space Cadets. I had not played it before, but I'd seen it, and um, it's a cooperative game for two or more players. I think it works solitaire, though. I don't know how well that would work, but it should be playable, definitely. Um, what it is, it's sort of like you're you're the crew of the Starship Enterprise, and uh, each person has a different role. You've got the captain, you've got the uh, engineer, you've got the communications expert, and whatnot, and each person has a different role to play in the ship to to fly around the mission and collect some gems. That's basically what the game's about. What's really neat about this game is that each row is played as a little mini-game, a timed mini-game, and they're like they're silly games. Like One of them is you're sort of playing Yahtzee, another one's a memory game. Um, the person piloting the ship has to, for example, play it, draw a number of cards and then play them in the right order to move the ship around. Not the right order, but whatever order you choose to move the ship around. And so you you might the first card might say go forward two, the next card say might might say 
forward one and turn left. The next one might say turn around. And so you're, you're playing these cards. You're trying to figure out the order to play them. You generally have a number of cards related to your speed, but you could spend energy crystals to draw more, um, which gives you more choices. The problem is you only have like 30 seconds to do this, so it's, it's a bit tense. Um, the whole game pretty much plays like this where each person's row has a little mini game to play with a short time limit. The, when you play multiplayer, a lot of these things happen all at the same exact time. There's no reason why a person playing solo could not grow from, go from station to station and play each row one at a time. Now, the game would be just as satisfying in terms of the, the theme. Um, However, I do think it will be a lot slower since you got these timed mini-games. We played and it took us like two hours to play and I think eventually we stopped because we just all had to leave. Um, granted, we're still learning the game. The box says I think it's a one-hour game. Um, learning it, definitely it's a bit slower. But a totally fun game. I really liked it. I have not seen if anybody actually tries it solo, but you know, looks viable. The third game is a role-playing game. This one I only heard about. The person was telling me about it. And it sounds like it'd just be a neat game even solo. Um, this is a horror game called Dread. And what's really neat about it, the, the, the single game mechanic to decide if you succeed or fail stuff is using a, a Jenga tower. And you're basically, and that sounds absurd, but you're basically, if you have to do something, you, you play a round of Jenga where you pull out a little cube from the middle and you put it up to the top. And if that works, you succeeded. The reason this is neat is because as the game's going along and more and people are doing this city and the tower is getting taller and it's getting harder to take out the pieces with the knocking down the tower. So so the game mechanic builds suspense automatically just by the way it works. And that just seems like it'd be really awesome and I don't see why that wouldn't work solitaire. So I may try that at some point. Get a hold of the game and some Jenga blocks. I don't think I have any. And give that a whirl. I imagine that sort of pressure mechanic must work well for other games so those are the three games i want to mention that i didn't actually play them solo but they sure seem like fun solo options okay next up it's a uh, we're heading right into october and the time of year always when i talk about the upcoming essen releases uh specifically the solitaire games that will be available or at least being shown at essen and every year i go through the official BGG geek list that's put together. It's a really great geek list showing all the games and scour through there looking for any game that I think might be solitaire playable. So this year, two people actually went ahead and did that long before I ever got around to it, which was awesome. Um, so I'm going to go through their geek list and basically just tell you some of the games I think be interesting, the ones that interest me. I definitely urge you to go check out their geek list and I'll include links for that, as well as the official BGG list because they're just an awesome list and it's got so much information in it and there's so many non-solitary and solitary games there worth looking at. So the first one is by Hugo Souza, Mr. Tetzel. Um, and he has about two pages of game. It's got a couple Space Cadets games. One is Space Cadets Away Mission, and another one is uh, Resistance is Mostly Futile. Those would be two that I am interested in. Another one is a Snowdonia Expansion, the Necropolis Railway, and Neuhauser Blocker Bond. This is only available via... I guess a pre-order. You got to order directly from the publisher. Um, it'll be available at Essen, and once it sells out, it sells out. It's a very small, limited print. Um, next up is Onirum. Again, the new edition from Z-Man Games will be out. I should talk about that in an upcoming podcast. If not the next one, probably the one after that, but definitely will be. I'll be looking at that soon. 
the Pandemic Cure that looked pretty cool. Robinson Crusoe, the uh, the Voyage of the Beagle. That'll the Z-Man release, as a matter of fact, the English edition will be available at Essen in Germany. Oddly enough, um, that's such a great game. Really tempting to get that one. Another one that really interests me is uh, the Castles of Mad King Ludwig. I talked about that during the uh, Gen Con episode. It's still going to be available really soon. I don't know if it came out already or not. It sure looks pretty. It sure sounds interesting. Maybe I'll get to try it. Another one coming out by the same publisher, I believe, which is Bezier Games, is uh, Subdivision, which is a, a sequel to Suburbia. Uh, there's a new uh, Uwe Farmer-type game coming out. It's amazing how many of those come out all the time. This one is called Fields of Arley. It's apparently Le Havre style. I've never played that. In well, according to this comments, at least in the terms of uh, you're beating your own score, but that's pretty much true for all his games. Um, a little bit different for Agricola, but generally that's that's the way his solitaire game works. Uh, Pints of Blood, or as I first misread it, Pants of Blood, just some sort of zombie undead game, I guess. There's a, a new German Legends of Andor expansion, not in English. Nations the Dice Game, I've been looking forward to that. Uh, Nations was a lot of fun. I really liked playing that game, and I imagine the dice game will be pretty neat, too. There's a new Lewis and Clark promo or expansion available. There's another 12 Realms expansion. Room 25, which I mentioned last episode, the Season 2 will be available. And Greenland by Sierra Madre Games. That, uh, that should be neat. That sounds really interesting. Okay, the second list, this one is by uh, SP... Uh, user Arakan on BGG. Uh, Road Through the Ages, The Iron Age. Road Through the Ages is a, a Yahtzee-style civ-building game, and apparently this is a, a sequel to it. I'm guessing it's a little more complex. It's one through four players. Here's a game called Flip 9. It's a solitaire game that challenges the player to organize numbered cards in a row from 9 to 1. There's a bunch of Japanese games coming out. Here's one called Rolling Japan, another one called Villanex. Rolling Japan is a light multiplayer solitaire dice game. Um, everybody has a map of Japan, and it's events of 47 precincts, and they're bunched together in six different colored areas, and so on, and I guess you're just rolling Yahtzee style. Romans Go Home, actually this was available already, oh, I don't know if it was available, but I saw it at my local game store, it's a little tiny box, the artwork looked cute, and that kind of turned me off of it, it was a really tiny $10 game, and there's a game, Town Center, the fourth edition. Sounds interesting to me. I always like the idea about cities and towns and the way they are just all so different. And I've always found that fascinating to me. And this is a game about city building. And there's a bunch of expansions for it of different cities. There's an Essen, London, Manhattan, St. Louis, Paris, La Cite. Oh, that just, just sounds neat. A game about cities. I imagine it's a bit abstract. At least it seems that way from the pictures I've seen. Um, And that's it. Uh, I don't have a lot of detail because honestly I didn't get to read these lists in much detail, but they're there for you and you'll have more fun checking them out yourself. So today's game is Hoo-Ya! It is uh, the Navy SEALs card game. It was designed by Mike Fitzgerald and published by US Game Systems. It was released in 2012. Mike Fitzgerald, if you don't know him, he's actually a designer of uh, quite a few other games, uh, especially the Mystery Remy games. Wyatt Earp, and some others also. Uh, those are the ones that I'm most familiar with. There's a CCG called Wyvern that he made. Uh, it was years ago. I remember that from the 90s. 
don't remember anything else about it. But anyway, this is a, a game about being a Navy SEAL. You're a team of uh, SEALs and you're going in on a mission to to complete it, to go whatever it is, whether it's rescue hostages or kill somebody or, or what have you. This game comes in a medium-sized box similar to X-Wing or, or Elder Sign. So this game has a few components. It's got event cards, which uh, have generally a color and a number. The number will be between, say, 1 and 5, and then the one of four different colors, or five different colors. They also have events written along the bottom that's for a different use. But you're going to be completing ops. On each turn, you can have one of these cards flipped over, and you're gonna, it's going to tell you how many cards of a certain color you got to collect to complete this this phase of the turn. Then you have skill cards. The the skill cards come in the same five colors, um, and some are just the that color, and there's nothing else, and some have special abilities. And I'll tell you more a little about the special abilities in a bit. Then besides that, you have a player a deck of uh, characters that you can pick from different uh, special ops type units and you're gonna draw one randomly each time you play there's also five mission cards <coughs> and a mission card holder the mission card holder is actually a cool little cardboard stand there's a timer counter and then there's a bunch of health tokens I don't remember if I said that or not you're gonna start the game with five health you're gonna then flip over the you're gonna have five of these objective cards set up you're gonna flip over the first one and it's gonna have a color and a number you're going to turn your timer to that number. You now have five turns, or whatever number it is, to collect cards. Now, you're also going to have, at the beginning, you're also going to have set up the skill cards. You're going to have drawn five of them, placed face up, and then have a deck of draw cards. Uh, it works a lot like Ticket to Ride, basically. You, each turn, you draw a card. You pick one of the ones that are face up, or the face down card from the top of the deck. If you take a face up card, you replace it, and then you draw a second and replace that. So each time you're going to draw two cards and then lower that timer counter by one and then repeat. And you can keep doing this until you choose to stop at that point. If you're playing the multiplayer game, I think you say, Hoo-yah! And, uh, and then you go into the event phase. The event phase, you're going to draw event cards. The number keeps increasing each turn. And you're going to basically draw a card and it's going to have an event. The, the same ops slash event cards. At the bottom's gonna have an event, and they generally say things like uh, "complete a blue skill check" or "complete a red skill check." To do that, you gotta take one of the cards from your hand of the matching color and discard it. If you don't have one in your hand, or if you don't want to take one of the ones from your hand, you could choose to go to the deck. You start drawing cards up to three, and if you in one of those three cards you get the matching color, then you've succeeded the check. If you either if you fail the check because you didn't have the card and you failed the check. And then you're going to lose the health. There's other types of skill checks that are a little more complicated. Some have you lose health. Some have you discard cards at random. Um, actually, not random, but by choice. But that's generally how the events work. You're going to draw a number of events, and I said that's going to increase. It's basically the number of missions, the current num mission number you're on, plus one. Um, so if you're on the fourth, or not mission, but objective. So if you're on the fourth objective, you got to draw five event cards. Once you've finished these events and you have made it through that, hopefully still alive, you get to the ops phase. And now you just need to play cards to match that number that, you, that you're supposed to play for this ops. It's pretty straightforward once you've done that. If there's any time left on your counter after you had finished, you're going to gain that much health, flip over the next ops card, and 
keep repeating the same process until you get to the end of the game, basically. Um, it sounds pretty straightforward. There's a little bit more to it. Some of the skill cards have special abilities. Some, for example, might give you some extra health. Some might say, for example, you might have a red card that says, play me plus one other red card and convert it to any color you want. There's wild cards and there's other different types of abilities. Now I mentioned there are five missions, right? The missions are a little bit different. Um, one minor difference is that at the end of each mission, once you've gone through your five out phases, you also have to turn in some more cards. Um, and the cards you turn in different per mission. Some are, one might say like two red and two blue. One might have seven different cards of three different colors. One of the missions says just turn in one card of any kind. doesn't really matter. Um, that was a hard mission. I haven't finished that one. They all play a little bit different. Also, each mission is a little different in uh, some of the effects that it has on the game. For example, the first mission, you start with less health. One health less each. Um, another mission... Let me think. The last mission, instead of drawing two cards each time, you only get to draw one card. So you're very tight on cards. Um, and they, they all play a little different. They all change some aspect of the rules. They change the game around a little bit, but they're all more or less the same. I, I think that some are easier than others. Um, that last one, I, I was not even close on doing well. I think I had trouble with the first one or two. The number three and four, I seem to finish really quickly. I don't know if it's I was getting better with certain strategies or what, but uh, but you know, you'll, you'll find variety in it. I say I've had fun playing this game. It's pretty light. It's it's definitely not something that if you're looking for deep strategy, I think it's light in the way that Onirim is light. It, it is similar to that with a little bit more complexity. I like the the Ticket to Ride mechanic of drawing the two cards each turn. Um, I mean, I like that in Ticket to Ride, and I like it here. The What I haven't tried is the multiplayer game. I, well, I tried it with my son the one t day, but you know, it was right before dinner, so we kind of rushed through the rules and didn't quite get them right. He he's a little young still. The rules say the book the the game says it's for ten or older. He's only six. We had trouble, and I don't think he really enjoyed it much. Probably because of all those things. Um, what does make the multiplayer game interesting is that you don't really talk about the cards. One of the characters is the lieutenant commander. That's his role, and he decides when the mission starts. So he goes asking people in their turn. You know, he could ask a question, and you give a little bit of information about what you have, but not much. And based on that, he decides when to start the mission. So it sounds like that'll be interesting. But in terms of solo play, this is it's a very light game. I don't know... If you like a lot of theme in your game and a lot of deep strategy, this probably isn't the game for you. If you're looking for something light and casual, this is a pretty decent game. It definitely fits that bill. It, it sets up quick. It plays really quick in maybe 15 minutes. Um, uh, there's not a lot of choices, honestly, I found when you're playing. There is some strategy and, and some choices of which card I should take. Should I do this or should I do that sort of thing, you know? Um, but when I'm going, for example, when I'm, it's the uh, fourth ops phase, the fifth ops phase, and I'm going through event cards, it's, that could get pretty tense and stressful and, you know, you're not sure if you're going to finish or not. And, you know, I actually find that really fun. Um in a way, it was very random, and I think a lot of people would find that frustrating, but I, I, I enjoyed it for what it was, and I had a good time with the game. The, I mentioned the theme is pretty light, but I think the, the production quality is really nice. The box has got nice art on it. It's got a 
nice, very nice sturdy box. The insert, all the things fit perfectly in there. Um, everything's a good quality cards. You know, this is U.S. Game Systems. They're known for publishing cards, so it's no surprise that they're good quality. Um, great for shuffling them. Well, they're real easy to shuffle. The the different um, the cards for each character that you play. I forget what it's called. This, the different soldiers. Let me see. The the ten different Navy SEAL cards for each of the characters. The they're neat because the the back of them looks like a cell phone, which I thought was a little odd, but neat. <laughs> well, that's the end of today's episode. If you'd like to contact me, you can find me as Fractaloon on Board Game Geek, or you can email me at oneplayeralbert at gmail.com. You can also post comments on the Podcast Geek list on Board Game Geek, or come visit the One Player Guild on Board Game Geek for comments and discussion and whatnot. The intro music is copyright Angus and is protected under a Creative Commons license and can be found at gemendo.com. The show is published under Creative Commons non-commercial share-alike license. Thanks for listening.